0: Hello and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. This is an introduction to our Miavet story. This introduction covers the events that led up to the main podcast. They cover a campaign that was played before we started recording with our new microphone setup. Our story begins in the city of Miavet, the largest city on the continent of Saval. On the 4th of Belanos, a half-work slave by the name of Sug, busy at work in the mines, is surrounded by guards, pinned to the ground, clasped in chains, and forcefully drug off. As he begins to struggle, a guard beats him nearly unconscious, drawing the attention of other miners who stop working and begin turning towards the group of guards. One of the guards draws his sword and addresses the group. This one's master's been found murdered. He stands accused. Return to your work, you will be taken with him. One of the miners, another half-orc, takes a step forward. Accused, accused of murder. He has been here since before dawn. Without hesitation, a few of the guards break off surrounding the second half-orc and lock him in chains. The guard who spoke previously gives a glare at the rest of the crowd, who immediately turn away and return to their work. A day later, on the 5th of Belanos, a group of guards doing their morning rounds come across a lizardfolk named Chalul, doubled over in an alley, making strange noises. Slowly, they make their way down the alley. As they near the creature, they notice blood pooling out from around it. Sir? Sir? You're bleeding. Are you okay? Startled, the lizardfolk quickly turns to the voice behind him. With blood dribbling down his face, he meets the guards' gaze and lets out a small burp. As he stands up, brushing off the front of his robes, both guards see the mangled corpse lying on the ground behind him. Stop! Stop right where you are! Don't move! The four guards draw their blades and approach the lizardfolk, splitting across the alley to surround him. What? I just didn't want to let Emil go to waste. Emil? Emil? meal. You've murdered this man, and you're eating him? You are under arrest. The four guards close in on the unmoving lizardfolk, lock him in chains, and haul him off, leaving the half-eaten corpse for the birds. Days later, in the morning of the 8th of Belenos, a small halfling with hair like fire is making her way through the market. She visits a few stalls along the way, talking to their owners and filling her bags with various goods. As she turns around to visit the rest of the stalls, one of the owners calls over a few guards. She pays them no mind and begins walking back through the market. That one! That little one! With the red hair! Stop her! The woman who is talking with the guards begins yelling and pointing at her from across the way. The guards begin pushing their way across the crowd of people as Lacerre looks in front of, and behind her, and makes a run for it. However, in escaping these guards, she runs into another group of them who had heard the woman's yelling. She wiggles back and forth, trying to get away as they lift her from the ground with ease. I didn't do anything! I don't know what she said I did, but I know I didn't do it. How do I know I didn't do it? Because I haven't done anything wrong. They pin her arms behind her back, as one of them begins digging into her bag. He pulls out a skull made of solid silver the size of a large coin and holds it in front of her between his fingers. Now if you aren't out here stealing explain how a street rat like you wound up with a trinket like this. You put that back. That's special. She begins fighting back harder as one of the guards pinches each arm and carry her off. It is closing time on the 8th of Belenos. Willow A young catfolk has her nose buried in a book in the front corner of a small shop. All around her are books of many different natures, but they all have one thing in common. They are all about magic. More than just books, however, the shop that she is in, and has been in for the past few hours, has all sorts of items dealing with the arcane. Various scrolls and potions, ingredients required for rituals, different chalks and herbs. The entire store oozes with magic. Sweetie! The catfolk snaps her head up to the woman, having been so lost in her book that she didn't even notice the old gnome approach. You've been in here half the day. I nearly finished reading that book. We're about to close up for the night. Are you going to buy something? If you need something specific, I may be able to help you. I... I don't think I can afford anything you have here. I... I was hoping that if If I was able to learn enough from these books, then maybe I could do some work for you, and get magic stuff? The catfolk slowly closes her book and stands up. As she turns to put the book back on the shelf, she knocks over her bag, spilling its contents. The gnome reaches down to help pick up the bag and finds a small roll of parchment. She recognizes it as a magic scroll and gasps, backing away from the catfolk. You dare steal from me? No, no, I already had the... A slight smell of roses overtakes the catfolk, and she collapses to the ground, suddenly asleep. She awakes to find herself already bound in irons, as two men, wearing guard uniforms, haul her up from her spot on the ground. And now I will pass things off to Caitlin to recap the sessions from the previous arc.
1: Welcome, welcome. Caitlin here, normally the voice behind Toss Cobble of the Mia Vette story. But today, I'm here for a different reason. So sit back, relax, and let me tell you a tale. Deep below the West Syrian barracks, in a block of holding cells, a group of strangers accused of various crimes sit in silence. A guard's rounds are interrupted by a young drow woman approaching the bars to her cell. In an instant, the guard slumps to the ground, his throat slit the drow, Xanthia, produces a ring of keys from the guard's belt and unlocks the door to her cell. A quick glance to the cell next to her reveals a very small halfling with fiery red hair, and after a hurried exchange, the halfling's cell door is unlocked as well. Armed now, thanks to the guard dead on the ground, the halfling, named Lassere, and Xanthia stealthily make their way to the other side of the jail. In another cell, a tabaxi, willow, has awoken, and springs to the bars. "'You're going to let me out too, right?' she whispers to Xanfia. With a stern warning to be quiet, Xanfia unlocks the cell and begins to move along the corridor. In another cell, Sug, a half-orc, is tossing rocks in an attempt to stir a creature, curled up sleeping in the cell adjacent to his own. The lizardfolk, Chalul, rolls over and clutches his rumbling stomach as he wakes. His first instinct is to look for food, but rather Cholul is greeted with the half-orc's face straining against the bars of the cell. Sug points across to Xanthia, who is unlocking the door for two human thugs. I'll come get you out next, then it's time for us to get out of here, she says. The group is then faced with fleeing when a group of guards discovers their slain comrade and the empty cells. With minimal damage and surprisingly only one person being bitten by Chulul, the group makes it up to the next floor. Xanthia informs the group that if they are able to get out of the barracks, they will find safety at her father's home. They continue to sneak through the corridors and locate the training room. Here they are met with three guards, whom they are able to take down without taking much damage themselves. On the way out, they help themselves to weapons and a few other useful items and make their way up to the next level. A forked hallway forces the group to test their instincts and their luck. Thankfully, it seems the odds are in their favor this night, and they make their way to the entrance doors, and easily sneak up and handle the two guards posted there. Stealthily, Zanfia leads them to a tavern called the Bannered Mare, where the bartender, a strange small man she calls Victor, leads them down into a hidden tunnel system. The group reemerges in what they learn to be the estate of Zanfia's father, known as the Den. Victor shows them up to a room for the night and the group hesitantly lies down, curious as to what tomorrow will bring. In the morning after a hearty breakfast, the four are led to a meeting with Cassie and Nilo, a respectable businessman who runs his estate on discretion. He propositions the group to attend a party on his behalf. While there, they will be tasked with retrieving an item, a crystal decanter. Essentially being indebted to Cassian for their freedom, the group agrees to take the job and sets out to the shops in an effort to pick up a few essentials before the gala. Prepared with a decanter purchased by Chulul and various potions procured by Willow and Cassian's trusted butler, Jeffrey, the group enters the gala without a semblance of a plan. The home of Ezrai Emeria and his wife Esmeralda is large and grand, just like the parties Ezrai is so keen on hosting. After taking a place in the common area, Lasserre is able to easily slip through a door being used by serving staff in an attempt to find a way up to the lord's personal chambers, where they assume the decanter is being kept. When Lasserre does not return promptly, and having not made any sort of a plan, Willow slips through the door as well and makes her way to find Lass. At this point, Sugg convinces the band to begin playing a raucous tune, and soon the room is filled with dancing partygoers. What an excellent distraction! Lass and Willow are surprised to find a room with a card table and a few people casually milling about in an area they had suspected to be off limits. Sug and Chulul make their way to Ezrai with their gift of a decanter filled with liquid, which has been tainted with a sleeping potion. They hope that it will be just enough for the Lord to feel faint and choose to retire. Much to their surprise, Ezrai finds the liquor quite delicious and takes note of the hints of nightshade. He appreciates that they would get a gift so tailored to an elf's palate. What Sugg and Chulul had forgotten is that elves are immune to sleeping potions. Sugg suggests a friendly gentleman's duel, which quickly turns into an archery tournament between Ezrai and his wife Esmeralda. With the majority of the partygoers sufficiently distracted by the tournament, Sug and Chulul are given the opportunity to regroup with Lasserre and Willow, and head up to Ezrae's personal quarters. Between Lass and Willow's combined efforts, they are able to get through the multiple locks on the door, but Sugg's brute force sets off an alarm when he smashes into the glass cabinet and grabs the decanter. Alerted by the alarm, a nobleman and his guard enter the room from the balcony where they had been viewing the tournament on the grounds below. The four thieves make quick work of handling the threat and hastily retreat. The door is locked behind them, and Sugg scatters coin in an effort to make it look like a robbery gone awry. The group manages to exit the gala without any suspicion and returns to their waiting carriage. Upon returning to the den, Cassian thanks them for a job well done, but presents them with harrowing news. Xanfia has gone missing, and he needs their help to find her.
0: After a campaign arc, the group likes to get together and have a long conversation about the previous arc. Following this is that session from the first arc that we did. It is recorded with a Blue Yeti, and the audio quality isn't quite as good. But at this point, you've heard the whole story, so only continue listening if you'd like to hear the players' and DMs' perspective of the events that just occurred. Hello, and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia the MiaVet campaign Nightwatch. I'm Chris, the player that pilots Sug, and I've been given the opportunity to host this Nightwatch. This is our DM Damien's idea to give us as mostly new players a chance to ask questions and chat about the current campaign. So let's just sit back, relax, and listen in. Alright, so since this is going to be kind of a new segment, I feel like we should have a little bit of an introduction that this will be the Adventures in Aurelia Nightwatch. This is kind of the players time to discuss how their characters are feeling, how they felt about how the previous kind of campaign arc has been going, ask any questions of the dungeon master, figure out any things that were important to be hidden during the session and during play, that I don't mind sharing it after the fact, like the gelatinous cube that everyone is <laughs> yeah, <been we're> gonna... <laughs> dying I to was know so about. I was so afraid that thing was going to be like poured out of the bottle.
2: That's what I was thinking.
0: Like it was going to be like an instant gelatinous cube. Well, <laughs> I mean, to, to start, I'll admit that the cube was in a spot, and it had been there since the very beginning when I designed the mansion and decided to put a gelatinous cube. Was it anywhere we went? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> was it was like good? in the kitchen? No.
2: Are you gonna was n- in the basement. There's a basement.
0: So, if we want to kind of go down this path, there was a basement. The gelatinous cube was in the basement. There are a few other creatures in the basement as well. The basement was an alternate way to leave the mansion. Oh. Oh. Kind of glad we actually got away. Yeah. Okay, I was, was gonna... doing rolls to see kind of as <laughs> things were going. When I heard you rolling while <laughs> I was sitting there, like, they're they're trying to get their darts and stuff, oh, I was like, spiders. no, something's coming. Yeah. Get away. <laughs> He's rolling. It's time. Yeah. yeah, so I was rolling to see kind of if you guys would be caught, how long are things taking, and, and I suppose one thing that it, it might be relevant, you guys also might forget by the time it's relevant, is that alarm that went off. I looked up the spell while we were playing. It has a range of, like, 60 feet. Which means that the two people that were on the balcony are the only people that heard it.
1: Oh, thank God. I was worried that's like why, a, the why there weren't, the like,
0: people rushing up. Well, Because that's how big this place is... There was no one around. That's why, when I was, I told Krista this, I was like, the idea I had for leaving after we ended the session last time was, to get outside the doors, lock it like we did, and if people were coming up the stairs and all not hear them or see them, have Chalul create a minor illusion sound of like a scuffle inside, I we saying, stop me. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I and then we could be like, hang <laughs> on the
0: door and be like, somebody's in there, and mm. try to get them to go in front of us.
2: I was thinking if the worst came to worst, I could always be a, the drunk lizard. <laughs> be like, oh, what's going on? Oh. The drunk lizard lizard. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, like, I was, I, I, was, I was actually curious, though, because, like, you, you pointed out when you were making this, how long it was taking us to get through things. Mm-hmm. Like, you thought things would take an hour or two, and entire session like entire sessions. Like, well, and then there were parts that took a lot less time than I thought. Like, I gave everyone my predictions for how last session was going to go, and I thought it was going to take, like, the whole session to even make it up to where people were gambling and to meet Brick, and... That was happened, he, like, was he like, like, a preconceived... Nope. No. Viral spot? He didn't... When everyone... Before anyone entered that room, there wasn't a card table, <laughs> there weren't people gambling. The only thing that existed in that room on my notes... Are I think three guards and three people. Okay. And I added people in different areas. I had people moving around. So my notes were kind of just a general overview of here's kind of how many people are here. Like I think, see. Overall, I had like twenty to thirty guards and. few scouts and, like, 50 guests at any point in time. Who was Gantle? <laughs> Who was Gantle? Oh, the yeah. wizard in the window? Yeah, that yeah. was counting archers? Yeah. Why what was he... Counting?
2: So he was a wizard. <laughs> Why was he counting?
0: He was someone that was just there counting people as they walked by, and what he was doing was seeing how often someone walked by. So he was, like, tracking the patrol. What he was doing there, I'm not going to tell you guys, <laughs> so yeah, because it might be relevant later. Wow.
2: Well, at least you two know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah,
0: looks
2: like Gandalf.
0: looks like an old wizard, smoking a wizard type. So, I don't think I made him Gandalf, I think in my mind he's like a dwarf.
1: Well, you oh. just said it was oh, a man there with that. a large white
0: beard and smoking out of a wizard. I, I, yeah. I, I haven't given races to a lot of people, yeah. they're just assumed.
1: Yeah. What? what was Brit? Brit? Brit
2: was
0: a human. Yes, he said he was a human. For the British <laughs> well, yeah. see, I was I was waiting <laughs> for people to pick up on the fact that out of those people, the woman was unnamed, Brit was named Brit with the British accent, yeah. and the guy with the deep voice, his name was Gruff. Oh, Gruff! <laughs> uh, I never picked up on any okay.
2: of that. I got the Brit part, but,
0: um. I got Brit and Gruff, and
2: then
0: woman wasn't named. She was like, I th- no one really interacted with her, so I didn't bother yeah. to, like, come up with something for her. Yeah, I just remember, because when you said gruff, like, I was like, is, is he talking about what he sounds like, or, like, yeah. gruff over there, you know, like, I thought you were saying, like, the but guy that's They could be nicknames. Yeah, so I was like, oh. Who was gruff
2: again?
0: He was, of uh, the people gambling, there was the woman written gruff.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I wasn't there, <laughs> so, I was like,
0: yeah. So, I mean, but as the, as the guy that basically designed this mansion, like, did you have an idea of how, like, a party would go through it? And Did we follow that at all? Not really. I thought you guys would explore a little bit more before trying to get to your goal. I also didn't expect you guys to split the party within, <laughs> in, like, in-game within, like, five minutes of entering. It's just like, okay, I'm going to go this way, I'm going to follow this way, and I'm going to go that way, and I'm just going to sit here, and, like, all of a sudden, I'm, like... I've got the party in four different locations. <laughs> hey, it
2: worked. <laughs> it worked. Well,
0: I mean, like that was the thing. I was because, like you said one time before, like the fact that we didn't just approach a guard and try to pass him. Mm-hmm. Like I was literally when we first got there. I was like, we need to scout around. We don't know where we're allowed and where we're not. have never been here. And I was just like, well, those are guarded rooms. Usually, when you guard a room with posted guards, it's to not let you They're bouncers, yeah. you know. Like, the, mm-hmm. Sorry, this room is off limits type of person. Yeah, well, a lot of I it, as it was. I was trying to describe, is a lot of these guards are posted in like doorways and corners because that gives them like the biggest range of being able to see, being mm-hmm. able to watch people walk by. Um, there were a few areas that were off limits, one of which you kind of yeah, encountered you as you the were kitchen as you were leaving. And, the servant stairs. <laughs> well, well they went up. Yeah. The like servants quarters wasn't strictly off limits. But it was also one of those things like why are you back there there's like six other ways to get upstairs. Why are you back <laughs> here? <laughs> <laughs> Never been here before. Like, mm-hmm. Well, that's what I expected to happen. It was a little more kind of poking around. We that. were
1: freaking out. I mean, I was interested in now. checking out
0: other places like this tower over here. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to push my luck
2: yeah, we're and draw to, too much attention. That's yeah. what, we're trying and, not to make waves before we've kind of scattered out the situation. I
0: just I found it kind of funny that everyone was like, I don't even want to like, go close to a guard because it's like, you Guys are in a mansion. They're not just gonna be like, halt! <laughs> I, didn't think they were gonna I st- stopped him. <laughs> I didn't think they were gonna kill us, but again, I didn't want to draw attention. Yeah. I didn't want. I, didn't I didn't want to be easily pointed. And be like, hey, where's you were with that lizard dude? Where'd he go? Or yeah. where's the cat lady you were with? And I, mean, you I, could I guess stick I, out in that fashion. Yeah. I could have made it a little bit more up front, but you guys didn't really like say that you were paying attention to see if people were walking. Behind no, I just looked for the guards specifically. Yeah. It was kind of, a hey, let, let me see where everyone is. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to sit here and watch and see who's... We did that, and we watch. found that back entrance. That's about the only time we did that. It's like, hey, and you, go sneak a, through that and door. And back thing. entrance, no one had any problem with trying to, hey, that's obviously, like, a secret door. Let's go through that one.
2: I feel like, um, yeah, we kind of we knew who the sneaky ones in the group were, so we kind of let them do a lot of the uh, entries and leavings and such like that. Yeah. We kind of just tossed them out in the fray, not because we didn't feel like we could do it, but because it felt like they had a better chance of... Success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than a, clunk,
0: a clunky lizard dude in the hat trying to go walk Yeah, two, and... two seven-foot-plus people. Yeah, I did like the way that you kind of took charge of creating a diversion. like, okay, the sneaky people are doing something. I need to do something to help out the yeah, sneaky I was like, people. Uh, so you guys are like, okay, well, let's go be buddy-buddy with Ezrai, and let's create a distraction, and let's get people, like... Focused somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It worked, to it worked.
1: Yeah. I liked how Chantel
0: was just like randomly
2: mind reading
1: people. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> but yeah, I like no. That
2: I, idea. I
0: like. I just I, I thought it was funny because there were several times that like after we sent you guys to the door that I literally in my head as, as myself was like, "Crap, we thought of no way to get them out of there." Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, like, uh, as like, I was, we kind of had a little chat about that while she was up there for a while, too.
0: Well, you, well, no, you were I like, she's up. been there a while, right. I'm gonna go look for it, and you just took off. And I was well, like, wait, well,
2: but... We, we took advantage of the opportunity that was presented yeah. to us well, because we didn't know that it wasn't such a dire situation necessarily. We didn't realize we didn't have to take our time searching Well, as much. I kind yeah. of just realized, okay,
1: she's been gone a little while, she's very tiny, she might have a hard time getting places... Need help. I feel Less like
2: isn't that she's small opportunity going. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like we
0: might a mouse, she's only like half your height. Yeah, y'all are making
1: her sound like she's, Thumbelina. She's pretty tiny. You're yeah. like How tall
0: a third you? of my height. You're I'm, tall. My
1: height. I'm tall. tall. Two foot
2: eleven. Yeah, oh. So
0: she's just under three feet. She's six yeah. Two?
2: I'm pretty tall. Mm-hmm. And it's it's we're a little under half your height. I go up to mm-hmm. your Yeah, I feel like we kind of went into this thinking of ourselves more as thieves rather than guests, which is yeah. like how we should have. Well, we of it. were
0: thieves though. I mean, yes, we well, were did, under like, the guise of a guest.
2: But when you act guilty, you kind of <laughs> stand out more than if you na- we had acted
0: naturally. We didn't really. But like we also it. went into this with almost no information. Like we yeah. tried to get yeah. information, and just apparently asked the wrong questions. Yeah. But like, we had no idea what the inside of the house looked yeah, like. I'm not saying that no we did it wrong, because no. we succeeded,
2: we but we didn't plan anything. Did the, how
0: do you plan on something you have no information
2: on? Because also, our characters didn't really know each other, per se, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's like, we didn't really know how each other worked, what our abilities were. It was a good bonding experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, in, in
0: my head, before we went in, you know, I was thinking, I was like, okay, out of the characters that we've selected, we've got two thieves. One's very tiny. One's a cat. So we've got, like, the cat burglar, you know, mm-hmm. so that can climb and go through windows to the windows. like
2: go out the window of the decanter and yeah. climb down to get it back. And then and we have, safe. like, our
0: breaking and entering specialist that can slip into very small places that most people can't fit, such as a dove waiter, <laughs> to get around. My character is literally really a thug. Like, there wasn't really any, like, looking for a dumb way or any, like... No. I made, I made did one, was, I made one check, but
1: it was kitchen. a low roll, and... It was
0: a low roll, and I think that you made it somewhere that it wouldn't have made sense. I don't think you <laughs> made it. it was she was I she in, in, that, in that back hallway, I think. Like,
1: once I got in through the door, like, through the...
0: Yeah, but you weren't I in, like, the kitchen. Or anything, yeah.
2: Did you have one plan?
0: No, the first one wasn't planned either. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, that's what I've been doing different with this campaign versus the one that we're going to be starting up. A little less planning. Less is There's options. almost no planning. He has I do a map and I pick creatures, for the but for the most part, everything that is involved in them is off the top of my head.
2: On the flat. I make up
0: a couple characters that I've got like that are planned to be there. I've got the map designed. I've got creatures kind of sometimes generally picked and sometimes specifically picked, like... So, like, overarching themes, though, like with, with Cassian and Ezrai and uh, Esmeralda, I'm guessing you have a little bit more in their head fleshed out. A little bit, yeah. Because, like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm sensing political ties and themes with them. What if... Uh... That's the thing. I I think they said it, but it might not have been as clear while you guys were talking that... Well, before you talked to Ezrai when he was just bragging uh-huh. is... Ezrai is now, like, the diplomat between the whole city of Meavet... Yeah, like and, the Wood Elf royalty or whatever. Well, not just the Wood Elf royalty, but pretty much all of the Wood Elf kingdom. Yeah. Which is way up into the northeast. Wow. But he seems and he seems like he's very flippant with that. Like, he doesn't seem to care. He's young. He, he's kind... He, the gravity of the situation hasn't really struck him yet he pretty much like i've got it planned out that he's pretty much only been in this position for like a couple weeks
2: so he hasn't had to
0: do anything serious yet right now like and he thinks he's it's all basically fine frat boy in daddy's big mansion dad and daddy's home shit. it's, it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like oh yeah my dad owns this mansion but he's off on business, a country and a half away, so I'm gonna throw a wild rager. Yeah, but i But now he's in. got responsibility that hasn't really hit him yet.
2: So it would be kind of interesting if, like, uh, what's well, be interesting in to sand... see?
0: See, Lord Ezrai have to explain to bigger Lord Ezrai, two people were murdered in his room, and a, a heirloom bottle is missing
2: wild party, bro. (laughs) Yeah.
0: How do you explain that one to Dad? You can't really clean that file up. And he
2: has absolutely no leads.
0: As far as we know. I kept
2: thinking there might There might be a guard somewhere that was like, Well, there's that kid that fell down the stairs. I keep wondering if there isn't like a tracker of some sort on that model. (laughs) I mean, at this point I feel like none of us have noticed. Detect detect magic. Yeah, so. so. I mean, we noticed that there was slightly magical of the actual bottle, but... can use, uh, what's that spell where they can, um, see...
1: Oh, using scrying. it as a scrying.
2: Scribe. Like, well, can't some, can't someone scry and scry the bottle?
0: Unless, is well, Cassian's, is? like, whole office might be, like, an anti-magic
2: zone. Is the uh, alarm on the case that we encountered, is that something we could have, like,
0: deactivated? Well, yeah, they checked for traps. It could have been. Uh-huh. Two problems. One, mm-hmm. no one has to detect magic. Okay. Yeah. So... The most that I think I would have given you is with a high enough Arcana check, you would have gotten a vague sense of magic from the cabinet itself. We like, didn't. Get but a you wouldn't. You. Well, you, none of you have the spell.
2: We didn't yeah. get a chance. You don't Somebody have the spell, like ran forward and punched That's what eyes. I was wondering because I, I was about to do an Arcana check, but I was thinking I don't really have any way to do anything about it, even if I know. something. Yeah, you don't. Like, you don't have a
0: dispel magic either. So how do you get so. past it even if you do? So well, and that's the thing if. If you had to detect magic, I would have given more with Arcan. Like, okay, you're detecting magic on the cabinet. And then you can kind of start focusing your check and high enough check. I would have given you that it's got the alarm spell on it, which has a pretty limited range. Smash! Yeah. However, it was our fault for not checking the balconies as we passed them. But in my defense, we went through a locked door. I didn't think anybody was going to be inside of a locked room. I
2: was the same way. I, I, um, we were. What, well, Willow to get a little I... insight on that,
0: there's a second room back there. Oh. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, we did, I guess his office might attach to his own room, too. Because
2: Willow and I were beelining at four the balcony that we thought was going to be empty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we, we didn't, had no suspicions in our mind that there was going to be people out there. So that was just kind of luck yeah. almost on our part that we didn't run out into them and they came in instead. <laughs> We are able to quarter them, so,
0: so, so. It, it might cause some problems not necessarily for you, uh-huh. but in general it might cause some turmoil that we killed person, some sort of noble that this person that was in Lord Ezra's I locked chamber was killed. Uh oh. Now there are a few ways that this could go. This person was in Lord Ezra's locked chamber. Yeah. But we don't know if he Who's gonna be him? the suspect here? Well, that's why I threw the yeah. coins. I was hoping to try to draw the fact that maybe somebody was thieving his room. They caught him, tried to stop him, and he escaped off and over the balcony. In, in one sense, this could be a thing where no one's focused on you guys because everyone's worried about Lord Ezra killing one of his noble guests yeah. in his own and room. having him assassinated in his own room or- oh, and making it look like a robbery.
2: Yeah. Oh. Or
0: if Lord Ezra, I can convince people that. No, that I have horrible. no idea. Someone broke into my room that was locked when everyone got here, and oh no, oh dear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was just worried because you, when you said like the so and so noble, is like oh, God, we just killed a noble. Mm-hmm. Like that could have repercussions way down the line. We haven't seen. You know, like, who was he? How big or is his family? Is he connected? Noble, you know.
2: The noble and the other person were there, the to kill Lord
1: Ezrae.
0: Depends on how Ezra sends decided to spin that. But I'm just saying, like, we killed a noble and a veteran who seemed to know each other, so most likely the veteran was like his personal guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was surprised at how well that went, because the veteran is like a CR three. Mm-hmm. Which I think, even for the party of four, is supposed to be, like... I don't think deadly, but it's supposed to be, like, a difficult... Isn't that the guy that I think we
1: that's stabbed where the difficulty
0: comes from, is, like... He can one-shot you. Better rolls. I did nerf him a little bit, just because, mm-hmm. like, he was supposed to have two attacks. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to just one-shot everyone. I, I want it to seem a little bit fair. But... Well, definitely, that's one I mean, of the problems with the way that, like... There's not a lot of human creatures to pick from, so yeah. you got to kind of pick one that's close and tweak it down to the level that you want. Well, it's like, I, I mean, like, I've heard other DMs say that basically for, like, the first five levels whatever, you're fighting a lot of brigands and, you know, footpads and stuff like that and not a lot of monsters or creatures because they'll wipe the floor. Well, there's tons part. of, like, the thing is there's tons of low-level creatures yeah. that you guys could fight goblins, kobolds. But not, like, something you're going to find in the middle of the city. Yeah. And that's, I wish yeah. that Wizards would put out a book that is, like, the NPC codex, like a bunch of just stat blocks Shoe that, you could, email. that you could level, like, have a level-up path for if you want to tweak them a certain way. I think it's because most people tend to take their first-level adventures out into the woods. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that's one of the differences I've been trying to do with this, since we're going to be running two campaigns, is I want this one to feel a lot more local, a lot Especially since I'm doing a lot of improv for it because I want it to be kind of localized and yeah. small It's going to be interesting if we... If we I mean, it's more as this of an intrigue-based yeah. versus the other one, which the name implies. It's the Aurelian epic. It's yeah. supposed to be, like, a tale that is, is told. The Mvett campaign. So, I mean, as big as the city you, you've created, you know, like you said, it takes, like, a day or two to cross. Mm-hmm. Like, still a lot can happen. I, I do think a lot of that could be interesting if it is all kept within the city, like, we learn the, you know, like the secret paths and stuff through cities as well as the districts. And there's already one big one that you guys have already discovered.
2: I know, I'm really looking forward to going back to the sewers and really getting my feel for that. Well,
0: and, I mean, we know that the sewers connect
2: yeah.
0: uh, Cassian's house to the bannered mayor. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know that it's so, also called... The Rat's Nest. Yeah,
2: there we go. I kind of wanted to call it the Rat Ways,
0: but it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's the Rat's Nest. we yeah. up got the Den, the Rat's Nest. Because as Victor, mm-hmm. who I can't wait for you guys to go back and talk to some more... Was he in the, the Bannered Mare? Yes, he is the, the owner of the Bannered Mare. I didn't know if she had know with this. Yeah. I yeah. only remember that he introduced himself because it's... Uh, I don't even think he introduced himself. I, I, I think, think it was Xanthia just Yeah, I think a a Victor, yeah. Let's and, <clears throat> but, as he was kind of saying, there is this passage going through the rat's nest that can get from the bannered mare or to the den. It's not exactly safe. The rat's nest is home to where rats Oh, fun. Food. <laughs> well, yeah. Food that bites back.
2: Yeah. The well, then there was like, but I,
0: I also learned that the, the local blacksmith... Is somewhat thief friendly. Mm-hmm. So we got like a. There, yeah, there, there are, are some things. Yeah. There are some things that'll turn up from working with the den. On mm-hmm. like you no know, I, I just think I like that kind of aspect too because like the uh, potion shop mm-hmm. offered you work. The yeah, blacksmith um, offered me work. I
2: also got um a meeting with the leather worker again because he said he um he had possibly work or hides or something for me if I come back in a few days. So yeah,
0: animal pieces and stuff. Getting some trimmings. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, like I like the fact that we're making small connections here and there. and I, I do look forward to seeing how that grows. Because mm-hmm. like, I have a feeling, you know, being that we are in a Thieve area, like we're possibly part of the Thieves Guild, mm-hmm. that it's interesting to play that. Because like, most of the time when you run into a Thieves Guild in a game, it's somebody else that you're interacting with. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so you have to, like... It's like, well, do I side with them, or are they going to steal me blind, or, you know... But being part of them is an entirely different thing. That means, like, you're going to run into the adventurer. That's like, well, I'm in the Thieves' Guild. You know, like, we steal things from these people. Are you going to... And that's all assuming us? that that's the course that you want to take, too. Well, I think it'd be interesting to do that, because it's, it's like that... Like you said at the beginning, it's kind of bordering that evil campaign. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's something that I wanted to... When I decided to start doing this campaign is I wanted to have it very clear that the morals in this are a lot more loose mm-hmm. than <laughs> the Aurelian <laughs> epic you where you guys are supposed to be the heroes. You're supposed to be saviors. Where in this, it's like, you guys could be murderous villains if you want, mm-hmm. or you could just be people that work for the Thieves, or if you want, you could totally distance yourselves from the Thieves' Guild. Yeah, be which has its own host of problems with sliding uh, Cassian. A good thing. I, am, I am interested and excited to see how this is going to go. So overall, like, what did you guys think of like the feel of this first little mission that you guys were on? I how think, do you feel about how it played out if there were things that you wish were, like, changed? What would you like to see changed or done differently? Well, the only thing that I, like, that I saw, it's just because we've you know, got so many new members in general. Mm-hmm. I almost felt like this should have been more on rails mm-hmm. just to give people experience and how things are running before, you know, you give us complete freedom. Although I do enjoy the complete freedom, too, though the ability to do whatever we want and mess up if we do but it's just like you know like we were stopping to look up stats and stuff because none of us know them so it's almost like I almost feel like just to start with you know you need to put on the kitty gloves for the first you know little bit until everybody gets more comfortable in their character that's just me personally Mm -hmm. and that's something that I hope just as we play more Mm -hmm. will come out like even as things are now I feel like it's Already working on getting better. Yeah, I've definitely noticed everybody getting more comfortable in how they do things. Finding the different checks is always fun. This is a what check? Well, that's one thing. Like, I've recently started listening to, it's called Dragon Talk. It's the uh, official, like, Wizards Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's where, like Chris Perkins and stuff. Yeah, like... It's like Matt or Mark something is like the main host. And I didn't
2: even point that out to you. Yeah, oh yeah, the number. She's yeah. No. That's my that's my money. Oh. To
0: She's gonna get tattooed there. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first money that I have made in the campaign. Oh guys, I have this much. Wow. <laughs> I but haven't
2: bought anything more. <laughs>
0: But what's been interesting is where it starts, like, from where I picked up on it, the going back to their first episode, which is obviously not the first episode they ever did, it's just the first one that's in their feed, is the start of when D&D Next, before it was called Fifth Edition, was, like, starting to come out into the public, and getting to hear some of, uh, like, development, like, stories how they feel about things, kind of the feel that they wanted to give things. And I feel like that's going to help a bit listening through that, figuring out, like, oh, they kind of mean When they designed this, they kind of meant for things to feel and be played like this. Right. Yeah. Like, one of the things I've picked up is, like, when it comes to making a check, see if something else that they have fits well for what you're trying to have them do instead of being just a straight, like, Okay, um roll a history check and yeah. just no that history you don't got it, sorry. Yeah. But kinda have that open door for like, well, if you think you've got something better, pitch it. Like have I ever heard a tale?
2: Mm-hmm. On that note, um, like what would the survival be good for in a sense?
0: What Survival's what like tracking. You? Survival Animals. might not come into a ton of play in this. Okay. Yeah. Dang-ish. But it may really come in handy. As you guys start to discover a bit of the Undercity, because okay. Miavet is built on a like huge plateau mm-hmm. that ends in a cliff out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like there is a deep canyon on either side of it, mm-hmm. and it just kind of juts out and ends into a cliff that's straight out into the ocean to the south of the continent. That's where they and did eat Jedismobile. <laughs> <suits. laughs> So, like, there are two entrances that I have so far for this entire continent. There are two that I've already picked for being able to get into the Underdark. And part of that is going through the Undercity. Which you have a a little bit of experience with the Undercity just by going through the Rat's Nest. I was kinda glad like when you were, you know, like, giving us like the opportunities to run instead of just straight stealth to sneak down the stairs, but, like performance because I mean like <laughs> I have a terrible stealth. Mm-hmm. That's why you're like anything else is like I could act like I'm trying to get to a better vantage point because I have better acting skills. Well that's one of those things it's like doesn't necessarily need a check, but I want some sense of failure that <laughs> you can't just kill some guys and steal from someone and just
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. You I didn't do anything, guys. <laughs>
2: Just well, we are kind of morally questionable, but yeah. But but yeah, have yeah. You were,
0: have something tied into it. It's like, yeah. okay, you you, you, you gotta. There, there's a chance to do a bad job at this, like fall down the oh, stairs man, and draw some so attention. Oh are I was scared of doing a bad job. Yeah.
1: And the little, <laughs> the
0: little what really helped <laughs> with that is I decided All to do like kind of a group check with it, Mm -hmm. where I basically set the DC, I think, at, like, 20, which is supposed to be, like, I think that 20 is supposed to be a hard task, Mm -hmm. but since you guys went down in groups, okay, 20 with the two of them. It was at this point in the recording that we devolved to page flipping and rule checking about leveling our characters and other questions, so I think we'll go ahead and end it here. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to have any comments, questions, or just want to drop us a line and say, hey, please do, through email, Twitter, or even the bookface. Our humble DM, Damien, would love to hear from you, and it might even earn me an inspiration die. Thanks again for listening.